Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. Um, for those listening online, thanks for listening. As always, we are glad to be in your ears wherever you are and uh, let you know you're, if you're cold wherever you are, you're with us. We are in a very cool room, which is, I can't complain because it's, what, 90? It's supposed to be 90-something outside. And in the dining room, for some reason, they have no air conditioning, so... They should move the dining area into the studio. The studio. This isn't a studio. This is a theater. Um, Yeah, so we had no service last week. We just all kind of hung out and talked, and that was nice. And uh, I just needed a break, and so the congregation understood, and we took a little break. It was really nice. It's uh, very cool. Um, what else was I going to catch you up on? Because I didn't wasn't here last week. Oh, I got to see my buddy Pete Rollins, which was nice. Uh, it was our friend Tony's 50th birthday, and we went to a cabin, which if you're not from Minnesota, you might not be familiar with the cabin, but everyone goes to the cabin or the lake. And this was the cabin and the lake, and uh, I had a lot of fun, and uh, always good to see Pete, and I hope to have him, I tried to get him to come speak for me, but it didn't work out, but hopefully we can have him soon, come back and speak, he's really great, and uh, he's doing a lot of great stuff online, so Peter Rollins, if you're looking to follow somebody, he's on all the social media outlets. Um... Today, I'm going to talk about moral excellence. Yes, you heard me right. Not just morals, but moral excellence. Um, Sometimes when I get stuck on preaching, because coming up with something every week to talk about in the Bible, when I stick mostly to the New Testament, it gets a little daunting, and so I pulled out my old Bible, and uh, it's funny because it was from my mom on my birthday, my 28th birthday, and I'm 42 now, so this is Jamie Charles Baker, happy 28th birthday, mom and Ro, we love you, Jay, that's nice, I also have this old sticker Revolution used to do, it says, as a Christian, we're sorry for being self-righteous, judgmental bastards. Revolution, an online church for people who have given up on church. Might have to redo that sticker. I used to put that up in bars all over. And uh, upset a few people, but surprisingly just Christians. Imagine that. Um, So moral excellence. What do we make of moral excellence? Well, anyway, I was looking through my my old Bibles, and I stumbled upon one of my favorite 
I would say favorite, a top 30, top 20, top 20 verse. Yes, four stars out of five verse um, that I like. And um, I think I was recently searching for it, and I for, for some reason thought it was in James or Peter, first Peter, but it's actually in second Peter. And um, second, so we're going to be starting with second Peter one five. So make every effort to apply the benefit of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. Now, I just, when you think moral excellence, you know, you don't have to say it out loud, but what are things you think of when you think of moral excellence? Um, growing up for me in more conservative church, moral excellence would have been like who you vote for. You don't drink or smoke or chew or go with girls that do. Um, would be, yeah, I mean, man, it was so simplified back then. It was just like, just don't do bad stuff. Don't say bad words. Don't listen to bad music and you'll be fine. And read your Bible. Um, nothing about loving your neighbor or anything like that. <laughs> just be good and don't hang out with the wrong crowd. But let's what it see this says about a life of moral excellence. Knowing God, okay, leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Okay, that makes moral excellence. That's going along with what I, I remember. Self-control leads to patience and endurance. That's an interesting one. And patience and endurance leads to godliness. Okay, there's your moral excellence. That makes sense. Godless Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, more. how is this? What I like about this is that it says, you know, Moral excellence is, you know, self-control, patience, endurance, godliness, and loving other Christians all has a goal. And that goal is loving everyone. But where does moral excellence, what is moral excellence about? And this says moral excellence is about growing growth that leads to love. The point is to love everyone. The point is loving your neighbor as yourself. Um, there was part of me when I was working on this talk that I was like, that's going to be it. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to say it and then be done. Drop the mic. Because to me, that's important. Love is the most important thing. It's, 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 when they ask Jesus, what's the two most important things? Love God with all your heart, equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Jesus came and showed us a different way, a new way that says love, love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Well, even your enemy is your neighbor. A love that says we don't stone someone caught in the midst of adultery. We forgive them. You know, 
we turn the other cheek. We go the extra mile. You know, this is a, a love that, and if you want to, you know, really invest in something and stick with something, that's the important thing. But it's a slippery slope because if you start to see, read the Bible through the lenses of love, you start to question certain other parts of the Bible. And some of it you have to realize is human beings. Or it's, you know, there's, you know, if, if it gets away in, in, of love, it's probably missing the point. You know, um, if something Paul says or something Peter says or something James says or whoever wrote different books of the Bible gets in the way of love, then there's, you know, to me, love has always been the trump card. It's always been the, the, the big one. Well, let's look at love in action um, so we can father, f- follow through with our moral excellence, if you will. We're going to get moral excellence pins. I was morally excellent. Um, love in action, First John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us... Stop just saying we love each other and let us really show it by our actions. Now, what were our actions? We're going to look at that in a second, actually. It is by our actions that we know we are living in the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before the Lord, even if our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. And I want to just look at that for a second about even if our hearts condemn us. You know, I suffer from depression and my heart condemns me a lot. You know, and uh, it's interesting that, that, that the Bible even cover that. So even if our hearts condemn us, even if we condemn ourselves, but we're loving others, that's the important thing. And hopefully loving others leads us to loving ourselves and leads us to community, a healthy community where we're getting healthy relationships and it's helping us in areas of our lives where we can do stuff like be in a, I can do stuff like I did last week and say hey everybody I'm having some depression issues can we just hang out and talk rather than I'm going to go ahead and pretend that everything's okay and do the sermon you know so there's that but what are what are what are the love each other let us really show it by our actions and our this is a verse i've used a billion times um and that is corinthians 13 4 through 7 and it goes on to say the same things that we read earlier love is patient and kind Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Not just the neat little circumstances, but every circumstance, love never gives up. And 
I'm always blown away by that. Because it says love never, just the fact that it says love never demands its own way. And I think of growing up as a Christian, that the thing, one thing was, it was always like, it's this way or no way. My way or the highway, you know. And never feeling quite right about that. Never feeling like it was quite the right thing. And then just reading something like Corinthians 13, saying love doesn't demand its own way. It endures through every circumstance. It never gives up and never loses faith. And I can say the people that impacted me most in my life were those who didn't demand that I change or become something else, who just loved me through my, my, loved me despite my faults, loved me despite my addictions at the time, you know, didn't demand their own way, and they never gave up on me, and they never seemed to lose faith in me, even though I lost faith in myself. Those were the people who transformed my life. And those are the people that allowed me to, to change in my own life and get, I mean, honestly, get sober. And because uh, I was an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. Um, I've been sober for 20, over 21 years now. And, uh, but it was people like that in my life that caused a radical change and caused me to want to change and caused me to want to love people more and caused me to want to go into ministry and caused me to want to say, what can I do to continue to help people and pass this message on and not give up and not lose faith and not do that? And it was that because it was addicting. Um, First John... You'll hear about First Corinthians 13... A lot here. It's not just for weddings. I like to read it at weddings, but it's not just for weddings. First um, John four eleven says, "Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us." And his love has been brought to full expression through us. Now, think about that. Um, God's love is brought to full expression through us when we what? When we love each other. And I know this is simple. I know it's a bumper sticker. I know it seems cheesy. Love each other. Jesus loves you, you know. Um, But this is the thing that keeps me coming back to the gospel. This is the thing that keeps me makes the Bible just pull on me and, and, and draw me in. It's this idea of love being perfected through loving others. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. So we'll look at that again in a second. 13 says, And God has given us the Spirit, as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in him. God is love, and all... Oh, what is that? God is love? 
I remember one time when I was on Twitter, I'm still on Twitter, but I don't really do it that much. But when I was really a Twitter addict, I remember putting God is love. And I remember this guy going, where does it even say that God is love? And this it was a Calvinist. I'm not going to lie. It was a neo neo yeah it was a it was it was a neo Calvinist guy, and so it it got me for a second. I thought, well, wait a second, maybe it doesn't say that, you know. And I was like, googling it. God is love, <laughs> because people want to say God's not just love. God is this, 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 and that. But here in First John, it says God is love. So 1 Corinthians 13, think about that. Never giving up, never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance. You know, if that's love, then God is that. Matter of fact, it goes on in Corinthians 13. It says, you know, we could give everything we have. We could give our body. We could do all that stuff. But without love, we're nothing. So we know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in God because God is love. And all who live in love in God, and God lives, uh, all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I'm reading from the New Living today. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence. This is the judgment thing again comes up. Because we are like Christ here in this world. Such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of judgment, and that shows that his love has not been perfected in us. So once again, moral excellence, the goal here is love, love being perfected within us. So we don't have fear of judgment, we don't have fear of these things, that we know that we're loved, and that we know how to love one another. And I'm going to say that is what do we love when we love God is we love others. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to love others because, you know, it's tough to love your enemies. But, I mean, people like Martin Luther King harnessed this truth that said love is the only force capable of turning an enemy into a friend, you know. And I see so many people who've given up on on their enemies and given up on those they disagree with politically and, and just written them off. And I say, don't do that. That's violence. It's not physical violence, but it's violence in the heart. We're called to love people despite our differences, you know. I got people sending me stuff about my dad because my dad's ultra conservative now and into all this strange stuff. And so people send me videos and like, oh, isn't this hilarious? Why is your dad such a wacko or weirdo or this and that? And I'm like, you know what? None of that helps me what I what my main goal is. And that's my main goal is to love, to love my dad, you know, and to let him be a good grandpa. And, you know, that's, that's the goal. The goal is love. It's not easy. You know, it, the, the road, the, the broad road is a much easier road to take where it's, you know, I'm jaded and 
I don't want to have anything to do with certain types of people and that all the everybody who voted for Trump is bad and everybody who voted you know is good you know and and you can have that kind of world out world view but that's just not true people are just different and it's hard to understand people it's hard to understand the differences that I want to write everybody off you know I mean it would be a lot easier to do that but love says no you don't do that you can't do that um, do I live by this all the time no no, I, I don't. I try to, but there's times where I just write people off just automatically because I expect, oh, well, they, it's like when someone finds out I'm a Christian, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, oh, no, and uh, so when I find out somebody's something else or, you know, saw a video of a, a video, a picture of a family member the other day and they were wearing a make america great again hat and i was just like oh but you know what i'm called to love and uh endure through every circumstance and not give up not lose faith man it's tough it doesn't mean we shut our brains off and it doesn't mean we don't have conversations and it doesn't mean we don't say we disagree you know it just says through all that, love is the trump card. And that's what we're called to do. Man, it's tough. It's tough to love others. You know? So, you know, and it's also serving others. You know, that's why Jesus talked a lot about the poor and the hungry and the, you know, that's loving others. But there's just different types of loving there's that type of service love and, and and caring love and there's that type of enduring love that love that's why that's patience and endurance always comes in with that love you know and jesus is talking to people who are being persecuted and are living under or paul or peter um because we were john uh, you know are talking to people who are, are being persecuted and living under Roman rule. So he's saying love people is, is a dangerous thing to love your enemies. It's not like us today. It's not, we don't, you know, we aren't living in a, in a society that's being, being over, over, been overtaken. Anyway, I will go on here. God lives in them, so we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence and cause and like Christ in this world. Just to confirm, you'd like to call Thomas Fred. <laughs> that. Okay. No, I don't want to call Thomas. That's weird. My phone should be locked down. No, the phone is just reflected by love. The phone is open to love. God is love. Call God. That was weird. Technology. I've become a bit of a technology phobe. I'm not going to lie. I just all the passcodes and all the things like that just make me tense. 
And then the fact that my phone is talking to me in the middle of a sermon <laughs> makes me a little tense. And the fact that I don't know the person who it was talking about, <laughs> and I didn't say their name, but I'm going to call them after this service. I know, it's a, that's what I'm saying, it's a miracle. This guy's going to be like, All right, what do you want? I want to love you, sir. I want to love you, Thomas. I don't know how you got in my phone. But I'm not going to be afraid. Oh. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's fear of judgment and all that shows that love has not been perfected in us. We love each other as a result of his loving us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we have not seen? And God himself has commanded that we must love not only him, but our Christian brothers and sisters too. Now, John is missing out. That was also I don't know if you remember John, but it was also our enemies. And it's also everybody. Um, But the goal is love. The goal of moral excellence is love. So today when you want to say, you know, how am I being morally excellent? You're loving your neighbor. You're loving yourself. You're loving those around you. You're allowing love to, to guide you and to be your moral compass. That's moral excellence. That's what Peter tells me. That's what Corinthians tells me. That's what this John book of John's tells me. That's what Jesus tells me is to love. And that's what we're called to do is to love and love radically. And uh, it's tough, though. Just remember, it's really tough. Um, it's why we, why, why we need patience, you know, because it's tough. So when the Bible talks about picking up your cross or dying to your flesh, and things like that. It's talking about loving others. It's saying this is a tough job. Talking about loving your family. That's tough at times. You know? But uh, I, I, I think I'm grateful for that today. I thank God for that. And I thank God for this word today because I needed to hear it. Because... Uh, I'm having a tough time practicing it. So, thank you for that. I'm going to say a quick prayer. And uh, we'll close with that. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. thank you for your mercy. Help us to just be human to one another. Help us to know how to love better and uh, help us to know how to be loved too because that seems to be a struggle as well. But uh, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and uh, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as always, just a quick brief at the end is that Revolution is a nonprofit. And uh, one of the ways we continue to do this is through donations. Actually, that's the only way we continue to do this. <laughs> and um, I just want to say, um, if you'd like, if we'd rather have you than your money, so please don't worry about that. But if Revolution's your home church, and you get something out of it, and you feel like you'd like to support it, or you're looking for ways to continue to help it keep going, um, we could use your support. And you can do that by going to Facebook and clicking on the donation there, or by going to revolutionchurch.com and supporting us there. I will let you know that this month has been a slow month for Revolution, um, but we are making it. Um, so I want to thank you that for everyone. And thank you to you folks online for your support as well, because you really make this a reality. So thank you for that. Have a good week. This has been Revolution Church. <laughs>